Over the years, we've hired many people from North America, from Western Europe, from Eastern Europe, and from Asia. But in the last year, we've actually hired four full-time people from a new country, South Africa. And this for us has been a goldmine of top SEO and marketing talent. With over 5 million native English speakers, a not so strong currency, and a pretty decent time zone, there's a lot to like about hiring in South Africa. Doug Haynes, an AH Pro member, first gave me the idea to recruit from South Africa. He's actually built two successful businesses using almost entirely South African-based staff. And he's joining me today to tell us exactly why South Africa is such a great location to hire from. We'll be going into all the common SEO and online marketing positions, including writers, editors, operations people, SEOs, link builders, even developers. And for each of those roles, we'll dig into the exact cost that you can expect to pay if you want to hire in South Africa at the moment, as well as a sort of expectations of what you're going to get for your money. And he'll also share how he goes about finding staff locally in South Africa, including places to recruit from, different tactics, and some of the nuances that are specific to South Africa. So if you're looking to hire a marketing or SEO person for your team now or in the future, then you don't want to miss this one. And this podcast episode is sponsored by Search Intelligence, the digital PR agency. More from them a little later, but now let's get started. Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. And now your hosts, Gail Breton and Mark Webster. Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, Doug. You've recently built two companies with primarily South African-based staff. So tell me, why is it such a hot hiring location right now? I'd say three things. One, quality of people in South Africa stands up against anything in the UK and in the US. Number two, cost of living in South Africa, way lower than the US and Europe. So from a price perspective, you can pay very well locally, and it is still considerably cheaper than in Europe or in the US. And then the third thing is just the mentality of people that you can find there. They're really career focused, really keen to get on and have a lot of skill and talent to bring to the table. So we've had a, such a nice time uh, recruiting there. And what is it specifically though about, about South Africa? I mean, I know it's, do ever, does everyone native English speaker there or they have quite a few different languages, right? Yeah, so most people are either fluent or or native. So a- anyone that we work with is native. So yeah, I think that's huge compared to other locations globally. Yeah, I think particularly for like content creation type roles, you know, writers, editors, that type of thing, it, it does make quite a big difference when you're you're aiming for kind of top quality type content. Um, would you agree? Yeah, and it it works really well for those roles, but also for anything kind of customer facing. So a lot of companies that we work with, they they'll need somebody that's in customer success or account management, or they need somebody in a leadership position, and it's those roles that are really good. Yes, the technical roles, the video editor, the content creation, the digital PR, those kind of things are good, really good. But actually it's people that want somebody a little bit higher up in the org chart that can actually, that seen it, done it, and you know can actually lead out a function for them, for you. Speaking of pricing, like let's just get straight into it. Like how much is it, does it cost to hire writers, to hire link builders, to hire people that can work for your, your website full-time from South Africa? If we do it in... USD. We're looking at a roughly half price of the equivalent in the UK. And like it's worth saying that yes, the price is really good, but it's it's kind of the the value. So I might say, look, it's two thousand dollars a month for a, a good quality junior writer. That is comparing to the best junior writers that you're gonna get in the US and the UK. But if to be specific on prices like a senior writer might be somewhere two and a half, three thousand dollars a month. A manager position, let's just say, like in my agency, we have content managers that deal with clients and drive the content. A senior person there might be two and a half to three and a half thousand dollars. Developers, we do a little bit of work with developers. They might be anything, a mid level developer might be three thousand, four thousand dollars a month. It's those kind of rates. So that that's significantly cheaper than than here in the UK, and I know even even more cheaper cheaper than compared to the the US. Are you still getting people that are as good 
in in the role or you know is is it just a factor of location that that's driving that that cost difference it's a, like it's a strange and unique location for for staff because essentially you've got great people in in a location where the cost of living is so low and there are a lot of reasons why that is low and we, you know we can kind of get onto that later but you've also got a, a large group of people that have got connections overseas they've either like i say worked overseas or they've been overseas and they've kind of moved back to south africa so in terms of quality i would say at the very least it's equivalent to somebody else in the uk you could make a really strong argument that it's it's better because the work rate and the mentality is better yeah, I mean, we've hired, I think, four, almost five, going on five people from South Africa this year alone. And uh, career enthusiasm and that drive to make things better and improve things is, is really noticeable, especially coming from the, the UK, where there's there's a perception that some staff can be a little bit lazy and stuff sometimes over here. Not 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 in uh, in our company, of course, but uh, it's a thing of an issue that gets flagged somewhat regularly. So it's, uh, it's really interesting to see the difference there. How did you even like get on to building a team in South Africa is, I must admit, it's a, it's a country I looked at many, many years ago, back when I was living in, in Hungary. And it's, it, it seems quite daunting to, to hire from there. If you, if you haven't been there before. We were really lucky. I've got some friends that own a, a development agency called Mahara. They, they've now got a team of 60 developers in, in Cape Town and they, someone that worked in the senior team there just introduced me to their sister, Olivia. This is about three years ago. And she was doing a little bit of recruiting locally. And my agency at the time, we wanted to grow. We were sort of drowning in work. Um, I'd looked hiring locally and through Upwork and those kind of things and it hadn't worked that well. So we just kind of dipped our toe in, hired a few kind of fairly junior people doing freelance work. And pretty quickly, I was like, these people are really good. I, I remember like distinctly when I realized that this was a this was a go. We hired someone called Amber and she'd been working with me for about six weeks. And she it was like her first proper job. She'd done like an internship at Ogilvy in South Africa. It was her first job. And she was doing like briefing and a bit of research and that kind of thing for me. And then I had to go into hospital for like a pretty hectic, serious operation. So I was in hospital for like a week and then there's like a four or five week recovery period. And one of our clients at the time, there was this, this pretty significant problem. It was to do with the content we created and it wasn't indexing and there were issues in WordPress, like solvable, but pretty complex. And I just remember being in hospital, I was like two days out of this operation, like on morphine, like really not that coherent. And I was just, Amber was just like, I'm really sorry, Doug, can I just um, chat to you about something? And I was like, oh, okay. And then she explained it all to me. I was like, Amber, do you know what? just, you're going to have to solve this. I'm just, I'm fucked. I can't do this. And she, I didn't hear anything about it for like 24 hours. And then I just got a message saying, I've done this, 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 and it's sorted. And I was just like, that stage, I've hired lots of people before. I was like, that's really impressive for someone that early in their career to kind of solve that. And she was kind of the first person that I was like, okay, let's get into this more. And then from there, we kind of, you know, built an agency and we've got head office in Cape Town and we've got kind of 15 people there and we've kind of started this marketing pros business, but that was how it all got started. You touched on an interesting fact earlier as well. You said that like a lot of South Africans have traveled abroad a lot and they have that kind of international linkages or, or connections. How do you think that that impacts their ability to, you know, perform well in the, in the role? Uh, particularly if you compare it to, you know, other regions which are quite common to hire from in this industry, you know, Eastern Europe, Southeast Asia, particularly as well. If we look at our MD, my agency, Jane, um, who's worked for international companies from South Africa, has worked in the UK, it just means that they're, they're very, very comfortable dealing with people in the US, people in the UK, and they can kind of interact with them completely on a peer level. Like a lot of people that we work with have no idea, unless I tell them, they have no idea that our team is not based in the UK because there's so many South Africans here anyway. So it just allows them to take on those way more sort of senior roles. Yeah, it is interesting. Like I find that the people we have from other regions, particularly Eastern Europe, that do really well are also those who have, you know, traveled abroad, lived abroad, and, and just seem to be able to communicate, especially in like an online situation where, you know, we don't have a fixed office, seem to be able to communicate better. I mean, we don't have clients, but just internally with, with the team and with kind of partners and stuff. I think there's a little bit of it that's to do with just comfort. They're just 
most South Africans, even ones that haven't necessarily been overseas, they're just very comfortable dealing with people from the UK, people from the US, kind of culturally, particularly with the UK, they're kind of very similar. So there's that kind of immediate connection. What's the local job market like over there? I mean, what as an international company coming in trying to poach the best talent, what are we competing against there? Locally, there are some, there's some big businesses, there's some agencies that are based there. There's definitely a massive oversupply of people in the local industry. The international market is starting to get more and more interested in South Africa. They've kind of realized that there's a lot of quality there. So I would say compared to trying to hire people in the UK or the US, it's incomparable. The supply demand differential is completely different. There's way higher supply than demand. But that doesn't mean that you're just going to rock out into South Africa and just start picking up amazing talent without doing a lot of things on your side, like position your company in the right way. Um, but it's a lot easier in the UK and the US. What specifically is it then that local staff there are are looking for in a, especially like an international company, not just the fact that they're international, but what do you need to be offering them besides money for them to really want to come work for you? I think the first one is like exposure to international clients. Like businesses in the UK and the US are generally ahead of South Africa in terms of the way they do things. So from a career perspective, if you can work for one of those companies, you're going to develop a better skill set, definitely. So in terms of hard skills, you're in an environment where things are being done to a generally a higher level, particularly like marketing. From a pure like marketing CV perspective, it just looks good. So to say, cool, we've worked for a company in the US or the UK, that looks good. And from a cult workplace culture perspective, often companies overseas tend to have slightly rosier employee benefits and cultures and that kind of thing. Like not always the case. There are companies in, in South Africa that have great packages for their staff, but your average UK marketing agency and your average South African marketing agency you're going to have better conditions and benefits in the UK agency for sure. And what about actually hiring them? Do you, are you doing sort of freelance contracts? How do you hire people full time? What do the labor laws look like? Are there any things you got to watch out for there? What a lot of people try and do is they try and do this kind of international contractor route where you know, the person in South Africa is a contractor, they just get a monthly fee and they do their work and that's it which can work and it can work in certain situations, but it's got some drawbacks. One of those drawbacks is like the very best people, they don't, they want to like have a job. They want to be employed and they want to work for a company for a few reasons. One, I just think psychologically, if you're employed, that company is committed to you. They've given you a contract. That's really, really important. And the second thing from a, a protection perspective. South African law is actually very, very, very favorable to the employee. So if you've got a contract, that gives you way more protection than just having like being like an international contractor. So, and the very best people will be more picky on wanting to have a contract versus just having this international contractor side door hack. You were telling me so before the show, you know, marketing pros, your your recruitment company, there's been a few situations where, you know, people have not done things quite as they should and it's caused caused quite a bit of problems. Can you maybe go into that a bit more? I would now we have a pretty good legal framework in place where to the company in let's say the UK, for them, it's an SLA and it's it's very, very simple. But we have to do a load of stuff on the SA side in terms of following obligations. Before all of that stuff was in place, you are they have this thing called the CCMA in South Africa, which is basically an employment court. And any employee can take an employer to that. Even an international one from, from outside the country? No, not if they're like an international contract. There's no recourse against like an international company. But if you've, if you've, like with marketing pros, for example, we hire them locally, like the CCMA can go after us as marketing pros. And that, Unlike in like the UK, it's very, very quick. The employee bears no risk or cost to do that. So they, if, and if there's any infraction in the way that you let someone go, they can go to the CCMA and the CCMA will look at it. They'll look at it quickly. And we've had to pay a lot if we've made mistakes, like thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds, which our, our employment solicitor, he calls them school fees, which I thought was a nice, a nice euphemism for getting absolutely 
absolutely ironed out in the South African Employment Court. So you got to be careful with that stuff if you're hiring locally. Are, are there options besides marketing pros, of course, for, for hiring full-time members of staff on payroll locally? And then, you know, are there, are there staffing agencies or payroll agencies, I think you call them, that kind of act as that go-between? You've got a few options. You can, so what most companies do in practice is they use the kind of international contractor route where you can do that overseas. You don't wear any of the local risk really. But there's downsides to that that I've explained. If you want to actually set up infrastructure, aside from marketing pros, you've got two options broadly. One, you set up an entity yourself and you have local professionals that run it for you. Not completely impossible, but I definitely not to be recommended. Or two, you can use these platforms like, I don't know if you've heard of things like Deal, D-E-L-L, um, and they'll they have local entities that can hire staff for you that follow all of the compliance. And that those are like $600 a month, that kind of, that kind of level. Yeah, we actually looked into deal in Hungary, actually, because they, they just have quite complex tax laws over there. And yeah, it was, it was a bit difficult, but they wanted to charge like, it was about 100% of the sa salary cost. So it was essentially paid double the salary cost just to hire through deal. And it was, yeah, it was kind of, kind of ridiculous. So it wasn't, re it wasn't really such a good option. Yeah, it was like 599 per month per employee is their latest pricing, I think. So most international companies, gonna, if they're just hiring one or two people, are going to be hiring on a freelance basis and just paying like a, an invoice once per month. And there's there's no legal setup need to, you need to do that, right? Yeah. If you're going to hire in South Africa, you, you're going to try and do that. That's a sensible way to get started. But the reality is it's going to be incredibly hard to access the kind of people that you want to do you want to access doing that because the good people why because there's options for for good people there's local companies that are good quality like big agencies that will hire them and pay them good salaries and and then there's also international companies that will that will use things like deal and will hire them through entities and it's not to say you can't access those people definitely but often they are super dubious from a compliance perspective do i really want to be an international contractor but I actually think the bigger issue that we hear time and time and time again is like, it just feels very temporary, right? If you're just an international contractor and you're a, you're a high-end professional, account manager or something, you want to work for a company where you see a future. So, that, you know, people know overseas that if it's just an international contract, they can just let you go like that. And in reality, a lot of companies do. So even if your intentions are good, because it's, you can't, it's very hard to prove that. So you, you're going to end up just swilling around with all the other companies that treat people overseas not that well. Yeah, okay. Let's talk a little bit now about how to actually find people over there. So let's say someone's listening to this, like, okay, sounds interesting. I want to see what talent I can find in, in South Africa. Where do they post their jobs? Where do they go to find these great people? So LinkedIn is by far and away, if you're going into this market for the first time, LinkedIn's by far and away the best place to start. So definitely use that. What do you do there? Do you just literally go and search for link builder in Cape Town or, or, or something? You can either do an ad or you can do headhunting. So we normally start with an ad that you kind of put out and then you can put some spend behind it. So people in a certain region and that of a certain role will see it. So that's that's the first thing that we do. And then headhunting is interesting, can work really, really well if you do it in the right way, but is is super time consuming because you know it's just like sales, right? You're just pitching around trying to do that. And then outside of LinkedIn, you've got you've got job boards of which there are lots and lots um, of these kind of South African specific job boards. There's a few that are better than are others. There, are there any good ones you'd recommend or so there is the resource, which is a closed group on Facebook, which is really good for hiring South African marketers. And then there's something called PNET, capital P net, which is another good job board, kind of like Indeed, that kind of thing. We don't use personally use these ourselves, like they can work, but the most effective way to do this is LinkedIn ads, job ads, headhunting, or just depends how serious you are about it. And I'm sure most people wouldn't do this, but getting out there meeting the universities, you know, meeting lecturers and just getting the pipeline in that way. And then just trying to understand the WhatsApp groups and the Facebook groups, you know, we use dozens of these to put jobs on. So that's interesting. You mentioned like WhatsApp groups. That's like the first I've heard of it for using WhatsApp for hiring. Is that like a new thing that's happening? Am I, am I, am I getting old without realizing it? I 
don't know. It's certainly, I've never found a job through WhatsApp, but what I tell you is the way it works is it's more like an informal, the alumni 2019 of X business school have a WhatsApp group and there's, you know, 100 people on it. And it's like, cool, relationship with the admin, do you mind if we put this on here? So it's a little bit of a networking play. How do you find those groups and how do you how do you sneak into them? I think it's, it's going to be pretty hard as an if you're coming internationally and you don't have people out there. I mean, we have those networks in place already. I think if you were doing this ice cold, the way to do it would be to your first hire would be a recruiter would be our version of Olivia, who's started three years ago. And then that person would build out the networks and the infrastructure and you'd do it that way. But that's obviously a huge commitment to think about, start doing that. But that would probably be the most effective way. Is that what you did with your agency then? You, you built, started with a recruiter and then you grew, grew the team that way? It was li Olivia first. And our goal was cool. Like, I want to build this agency. Initially, it was we just tried a few people. But once we proved it out after about six months, and we were absolutely sure this is the way we want to go, then she and still does helps hire people for our agency, by far the most important hire in that in that region. And how do you specifically target the top talent? So the, the A players in, in South Africa, like what, what are you doing to find those people? I think what people need to do is just psychologically not just see this as like an outsource cheap region because if you think of it in those terms you're just not going to approach it in the right way you need to think of it like if you go to cape town like i've not been much further than cape town but i mean it is as good as any city in the world in terms of facilities quality things to do so this is not just some outsource job this is you need to think about this as like, this is the home to like amazing talent that's going to drive my business forward and get into that mindset. Once you're in that mindset and you're, you then need to say, look, I'm going to, I need to sell our business into this market and convince people to kind of come and work for us because the, the best people, like I said, they have options. So I think that mindset and selling your business, thinking about selling your business is the right way to do that. In terms of like selling your business specifically, the first thing is like the ad. What most people do when they're doing these outsource jobs is they're like, you know, we really want someone that, that can do this and that can do this and that can do this. And when you send a reply to this job ad, make sure you put this in the subject heading to make sure we know that, you know, you're a legitimate person. And all that does is signal that there's, you don't trust, that you're just looking for kind of a cheap option. You really need to sell your business in that ad. The second thing is you need to speak to good people early and sell them the opportunity. Like, don't just put them through some like annoying questionnaire or anything before we've even met them, like meet them first, speak to them, sell them the opportunity, under, you know, try and get an idea if they're a cultural fit and then, then put them through a recruitment process. That's fine. But most, I mean, people miss that step when they're hiring in the UK or the US. They totally miss that step when they're hiring in South Africa. But I think that mindset, you've got to have that if you, if you want to get the most out of the region. Do you need to offer top tier salaries to in order to attract those people? Or can you do it through good working conditions and, and these types of things? We would always say, look, offer at the very least like market rate locally, maybe 10, 15% higher to really kind of get the attention of the best people makes a lot of sense. But you absolutely do not need to be offering the same, at the moment, the same salaries in the UK or the US that they're just not relevant in that. They're just not necessary in that region. Okay, so let's say we're doing a screening call or, or an interview, like how should one sell your business? Uh, in South Africa? I think the first one is just the type of business that you are, like how th the mechanics of the internal working of your business, like this is how we do things. This is the type of clients that we have. This is how we work. And just be as honest as you can about how it actually feels to work in your business. I think just being as genuine and as upfront about the reality as possible is the right thing to do. E even if there's problems or... I think certainly in the recruitment process, you should talk about the difficulties of the biggest challenges of working in the business because you don't want to hire someone that six weeks down the road hates those big challenges. So I wouldn't hide them, but I wouldn't do those in the initial screening court. I would just paint a picture of, look, this is what it's like to work for our company. This is what we do. This is the type of person we work with. And then you can talk about, you can talk about career progression. You can talk about benefits, that kind of thing as well. But People buy from people and they will buy into your company if they believe that you're being honest and legitimate about who you are. Because 
if they're used to working internationally, they will have been burned almost certainly. They've worked for a company where promises didn't match up or the conditions weren't good or whatever. So there's a little bit of a barrier to overcome. And the way you overcome it is just being very honest and kind of paint. So you got to kind of build trust in that way, yeah. Yeah, I would say that's the right way to look at it. Yeah. And and to do just to be as upfront as you can. Tell me what your exact hiring process looks like. Do you have this kind of screening call, test assessment, longer interview type type stages? Or how do you how do you do things? So it varies a little bit from marketing pros depending on the client and from Kalium depending on the role. But broadly speaking, there's a phase where we spend a lot of time on the advert and getting the hook right. Now we think of the advert as like marketing spin marketing copy like how can we hook that person in quickly into that role and then once we get a massive list of applications if it's an ad that's gone out we'll have maybe done some headhunting and then we normally whittle that down to somewhere a dozen 15. how many applications are you targeting with each each job ad usually for some of the junior ones it could be we could end up with two or three hundred applications that kind of level for the more hard to fill ones, we might get no relevant applicants. So we, we, we're reliant on headhunting. So there's kind of much lower numbers there. So it does vary. It does vary quite a lot, but it's a big job going through the applicants if it's a fairly junior role or really popular role. So once we've done, you know, once we've done that phase, then we normally do like a 15 minute call. And the number one, per there's two things in that call. The number one purpose is like alignment is there alignment between like what that person wants from their career and their life and their job and what this company wants from the person? Because if that is wrong, it is never, ever, ever going to work. And then it's just, we try to make some kind of cultural ass assessment. Is this person, do they seem like they've got mental agility and they can answer questions and they can build rapport? That's not some people that are great employees can't build rapport, so that's not the only factor. Um, but then it's just like, do we think this person would like work with who they're going to be ultimately reporting to? So you're just making a lot of these kind of human judgments at that at that stage. Once we've gone through that stage, we normally do a longer interview, and that's normally like some kind of CV walkthrough, where we just try we just try and understand what they have done in the past, what challenges were how they overcame those challenges why they moved job and we're just really just trying to understand their journey through their career and then it kind of depends from there there's normally some kind of technical phase and that can be that's normally very job specific we quite like the it's quite corny, but it's like, you know, like McKinsey and the management consultants do. They'll be like, oh, how many pianos do you think there are in San Francisco? Or like, how many ping pong balls fit in a in a Boeing 747, whatever. They sound kind of stupid, but actually there's, there's a really strong correlation between people that answer those well and people that perform well, bizarrely, for whatever reason. So we do do that kind of thing. And then it's the technical side of things. And the technical stuff looks so different depending on the role. So we hire a lot of writers at my agency and the technical side there is basically redundant. We can just look at their work that they have done and we know how good they are, like that. that's fine. Whereas if it's something way more like account manager or something like that where they're dealing with people, we generally do things like um, role plays or we'll do like a task where we send them an email and that they have to respond to or they'll have to deal with like a customer that's really annoyed and they have to sort of work through the conversation and then a follow-up email to kind of placate them, that sort of thing. So, and then once they're through all of those sections, uh, it's then all about the, a lot of important what still work needs to be done around the salary and the career progression and just making sure there's alignment on when they land in the job, what the salary starts in, how it looks in six months, how it looks in 12 months, what the career progression is, and just making sure that we've got that aligned between the person and the company or if it's as the agency. That's really interesting, actually. I'd, I'd like to maybe just go through a few different types of roles that you've hired for, maybe like a, a link builder, an SEO, and a writer, say, and then look at how much that costs and what you actually get for your money. But just before you answer, I'd like to have a quick word here from our sponsor today of this episode, which is Search Intelligence. They're a digital PR agency that specializes in getting you links on some of the world's top publications. This is how we landed massive links for our client in The Sun, a DR90 website, 
and many other UK news websites. We have used freely available data from YouGov to simply find out what the nation's favourite car brand is and which brands people love the most. Of course, Rolls-Royce came out on top, Aston Martin second and Jaguar third. We put these insights in a short email and sent it to journalists that write about cars and to national news desks on behalf of our client. Within a few days, our client got featured in all the suns as well as many regional newspaper sites in the UK, gaining DR90 links to their leasing comparison website. YouGov website is full of unlimited PR stories with data already available for free. All you have to do is to start researching their data and start asking the data questions. You will be surprised of the unlimited PR campaigns that you will find there that can help you build massive exposure and links to your or your clients' websites. I hope this video is helpful and inspirational. And thanks to Search Intelligence for sponsoring this episode once again. If you're interested in a digital PR campaign for your site, then head on over to search-intelligence.co.uk and they'll sort you out. And now back to the episode. Okay, so like we said before the break, I'd just like to maybe go through some of the different types of roles that you've hired for, get an idea of you know the cost and, and what you get for that money. So maybe let's start by looking at content creators since you've, you've hired quite a few of them. And we're talking about full-time writers, so writing blog posts and articles and con like typical content for your site, right? Yeah, exactly. Price-wise, Let's just, you know, somebody that's mid-level might be 1800 up to maybe $2,500 a month. And what does mid-level mean? Is that they've, they have some experience doing it before? They, they know the industry? or Generally means they know what they're doing. And they we normally look at mid-level as, look, they've done it before. They know what they're doing. They're very, very good, but they, they need kind of work. There's some level to kind of get them to senior. You know, there may be not experienced in, in writing for SEO, or maybe they're not great at landing pages, or maybe their copy is good, but it's not quite exactly where we want it, but it, it's on the right path. So you probably still yeah, need like an editor or someone, a content manager to, you know, bring them through through that journey. Certainly like some, depending on how difficult the content is, some level of oversight. And would this be like a, someone who who's knows your industry? So let's say I had a paintball blog, uh, and I wanted a, a writer for for that site. Would would this be someone that plays paintball that knows or has written about the industry? Kind of depends. We do have sometimes domain expertise is important. It kind of depends on the domain. Like us as an agency, we do have some specialist writers, but we also have like generalists that the specialism is like learning an industry very very quickly. And actually, a lot of these like AI writing tools are really good for research and like getting ahead around an industry and fact checking very quickly. But it depends. So like, let me give you an example. So things like medical writing, actually, a non specialist is generally okay, because like, it's fairly factual, all the information is there, it's just about purposing it in the right way. For something like SEO or your sector or some of these tech companies that we work with or sales or something like that, it's very, very hard to come up with good copy if you don't have some kind of context. Not impossible, but it's way, way harder. So it kind of depends. What we tend to do is we tend to hire non-specialists, but they work for like a content manager that really knows the topic inside out. It's more important that like the account manager and the manager really knows it, and then they can kind of steer and make sure that they're writing the right kind of stuff. And then in terms of like assessing writers, I, I take it it's like, you know, you give them some content to, to write. We can do a lot of it on their previous work and their sort of the work they've done before. So we'll, we'll look at that and that not 80% of the time you can make a judgment on that. We do give them small writing tests to do as well. And that definitely gets you to the bottom of it. But actually a lot of it is... With writers, a lot of it's in their kind of the way they think. So we'll have a conversation with them and be like, cool, we need to write an article on how would you think about writing an article on endangered gorillas in Uganda? We're, we're writing an article on, on, on this and it's for Conservation Magazine and their goal is that they want to generate a load of revenue for people that care about gorillas. Like, and we've got a 500 word article to write. Like, what are we going to do? What kind of content? And that's fairly straightforward. But we'll do that kind of thing. And what we find is that the best writers are sort of are good at coming up with ideas. So I think that's all that writing is, is, is ideas. The actual 
technical art of it, I don't think is that difficult. It really depends because like there's a lot of people that that seem to kind of phone it in and they'll write something which is is good, but SEO being so competitive these days, you, you want the people who are going to write the best article on that that topic, right? So how, how are you going to ensure that you're finding people that, that have that kind of mentality? I think like your mentality is kind of the right word here. I think what we always say to the writers is like, you, you've got to create a moat around your content. You've got to do something that um, sets it apart and that's kind of hard to, to replicate. So at the moment, you can look at the top, five search results for acne or whatever and you can write something derivative and it'll probably do okay but we know that in the long term particularly with ai getting better and better and better we need somebody that can think of an interesting way of delivering that and it's not just the way they write it it's the it's the sources that they use it's the the stats they use they might bring in images we do a little bit of video editing in the agency it's okay cool how can we use video here how can we talk to different audiences like we know that this acne piece is going to be read by academics and customers and they need to understand like who is this really targeted at and how can we convert them the conversion part is really really hard as well and dripping that into the content so yeah there's a lot of we're looking for people that have got the mentality to use your term which is a good one of like how can we make this the best result how can we make this better than what already exists Let's talk about editors and sort of content managers. Like, how much is how much does it cost in South Africa to hire like a, someone really good that that can do that? So, a senior editor might be somewhere anywhere two and a half thousand to four thousand a month dollars. But we've got to be really clear about what I mean by editor. So, we did a through marketing pros. We did a recruitment for an AH Pro member who has a a, a lifestyle blog, and they hired someone from. Yeah, they hired someone from like a local newspaper in South Africa. And, you know, they're kind of 15, 20 years into their career. They have been churning out 70, 80 hours a week for like the last 15 years. And they've just, got, they have been there, seen it, done it. And that person in New York that's been doing the same thing is on 200, I'm sure $200,000. So you're really getting the value you're getting for that kind of senior role is super, super high. Yeah, so it's, it's South Africa really seems like the place where it's not so much about saving money. I mean, you are saving money versus hiring locally, but you can go to you know Philippines or Eastern Europe if you really want to hire the, the cheapest people. But really, you should probably be thinking of like, why are you trying to hire the absolute cheapest people? Surely you want to hire the best people. And that sounds like more the offering here. Yeah, I think there's like a role region fit. And for if if your role is client facing creative if native english matters if you want you know people that are used to solving problems in us and uk environments then south africa is a great way to do that at a very very low cost use the example of the philippines for some of gathering email list or certain va roles like i, I don't use the philippines so i don't want to say exactly but maybe that's a better region if you need somebody that's got very specific b2b sales experience that has like been in meetings in the UK for 10 years, you, you, maybe that is you have to hire locally. Like we still hire occasionally in the UK because we come across someone that's really good and we just pay a little bit more. But I think it's about value and it's about the sort of role where the skills that South Africans bring matter to your business. And those are the skills of like being able to deal with people, complex problems, commercially savvy, all of those things. Let's talk about SEOs for a sec. So a lot of people listening, they have a authority site they do a lot of SEO for it. Perhaps they want to hire someone who can help them with that. What type of digital marketing sort of skill set can you expect with someone you're, you're hiring in, in South Africa? Like, is there a big culture of digital marketing? I haven't really heard much of digital marketing conferences, SEO conferences, or really SEO at all in, in South Africa. What, what is the landscape like there? I think it's it's fair to say the way that digital marketing agencies in South Africa and businesses that in that region operate isn't as good or as sophisticated as maybe equivalent in the UK or equivalent in South Africa, um, sorry, in the US. So for certain roles, that really doesn't matter too much, right? So for like content creators, those that is sort of independent of SEO. Yes, you've got to do a bit of on-page SEO, whatever. You need to understand it, but the main skill is being creative and is writing. That, so that doesn't matter too much. For like analysts, I would argue that doesn't matter too much either. So if someone's job is keyword research, using Ahrefs, doing research on competitors, 
creating reports, that sort of thing. They probably haven't done it to the level that you want immediately, but they'll pick it up very, very quickly within weeks or months. So that's that's fine. I think one that we're getting better and better results for is actually digital PR. So link building's not, we don't find people that come ready built with link building expertise in South Africa generally. I always say though with, with link building, like it's often you're better hiring people that, that haven't been taught, you know, the wrong way to do some kind of black hat things by some company that doesn't doesn't really know what they're they're doing. So most of the people we've hired before for link building have have been fresh, new to the industry. And we've we've kind of trained them up the way we 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 like to do things. Yeah. And I think if you've got a the nous in-house and you've got the time and resource to train them completely doable and you guys obviously can do that because of, of your business but a lot of a lot of businesses they kind of don't even really know what good link building looks like a lot that kind of come speak to us but what we're finding is okay we can't necessarily find a link builder but i think that would probably be the same in the uk or the us anyway but there's a lot of people in south africa actually that there's two types of people that will work well in that space one is like pr people that have got history in sort of the more traditional newspaper PR, and they're really, really good at spinning out stories. So if you've got like a digital link building, PR link building strategy, where you're kind of coming up with stories or narratives or ideas, and then you're pushing it out, they're very, very good at that. And they can very quickly just translate, transfer from like traditional PR to digital PR. And then the other group are very, very mentally agile, super bright, think like an Oxford graduate junior who can come in and you can say, you've got a little bit more resource to train them you can say look right this is how we do it and then they'll go and they'll work it out and they'll get there quite quickly so yeah we're just starting to see more and more results on the kind of link building digital pr side of things what about like general operations people or customer support people it seems like south africa would be quite a good place for for those types of roles yeah i think any role where you're dealing with people is absolutely perfect so anything like we do executive assistance customer support customer success marketing coordinator where you're just kind of pulling a lot of threads together and running some social media campaigns that sort of thing and that is actually where you are making a pretty i mean you're making a saving across the board but if you're like a new small business you can't really afford a full-time person but you sort of need it, it makes a ton of sense to hire someone in south africa for 13 14 hundred dollars a month rather than double that for the equivalent person in the UK. And those roles work well because you've got people early in their career that are really, really keen to come in and do well and make a name for themselves. Are, are there any other roles that you think are worth mentioning that the audience might be interested in then? So we do like developers. It's harder because internationally, people are getting very switched on to the fact that South African developers are very good. So it's not like giveaway rates but again it's still about half if you're willing to spend five six thousand dollars a month you can get a senior 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 developer that, that's going to be really good for that rate so way cheaper than um, yeah that yeah, easily costs you so that, ten fifteen thousand in the us yeah i think for developers it's a it's a good market and i was chatting to a, a friend at the weekend who, who works for a um, company in the uk here that's that's i think it's series b or series c and they were saying it's actually getting really expensive to hire eastern europe now for developers uh, from poland and places like that so they're looking for other regions and and I think South Africa would stack up well for those kind of companies. And there's there's very specific like computer science schools there that like like Mahara, I've got 60 developers there and they are very, very high quality and they have like relationships with the computer science program. So I would say that's a good one. You're always gonna come under pressure though, as but if you're hiring developers anywhere you are, because those people have so much option. But I think it's it's good for that. Yeah, that's super interesting actually. So I obviously lived in Hungary for eight years. Gail's lived there 13 years now, I think. And uh, we saw the difference from the start when we moved there in 2010, particularly with like developer salaries, they had like quadrupled in price in, in that time. It was, it was crazy, but it's just because the kind of internationalization of the role, you know, work from home development is a job that is very easy to, to work that way. So I guess like national barriers are, are broken down a little bit with, with that, but that's, that's really interesting to hear. Also, those economies are just kind of better now, aren't they? Like Poland now versus Poland 20 years ago is is completely different in terms of the I'm sure I don't know but I'm sure it's similar in Hungary so there's that kind of macro force that you're dealing with as well the last one just on roles mark is um just any kind of leadership role so we have an MD 
based in South Africa. We have someone in our business that does kind of the head of product and the head of product for agency. So, you know, like a lot of agencies who are trying to productize what we do. And his background was selling software, construction software in, in the US market. And so I had that kind of sales background and wanted to convert into content and has kind of come in with all that tech knowledge and just transformed our product, transformed the way that we sell, transformed the way that we have infrastructure and SOPs and that kind of thing in the, in the business. So if you've got a business and you're like, you know what, I just, someone just needs to come and just like sort this out. This just needs to be better. Then you can get superb people there. Like we're doing some work for an agency in, in Brighton and they've got, they hired like a, what they call like a delivery manager. And that person kind of has come in and they're just like tearing through the business, sorting things out, putting, you know, dealing with problems. So those kind of roles, you just want things sorted out, definitely works. And, and just the final one that comes to mind is- Just on that, a senior person then on that level, what are we talking salary ranges in South Africa? It varies a lot, but you know, you're starting at even two and a half thousand a month. It, it totally depends on, on the role, but that's where you're starting to get very, very strong value for those roles because those people are brutally hard to find anywhere. And to, if I look at the person that I was just describing, uh, David, my agency, Kalium, I don't even know where I would find someone with those capabilities in the UK. I'm sure they would exist, but it would be brutally hard to find and the cost would be a lot higher. And I just don't think they'd be as good. Aside from that, it's just a plethora of like technical roles. So at the moment, marketing pros are doing like a HubSpot consultant. So they go in and they just onboard clients onto HubSpot. Anything in like sort of paid advertising, anything in dealing with sort of social media, video editors, those kind of roles are super prevalent. You know, like we, we hire a lot of kind of technical SEO people. It's maybe when you get into like the more technical roles, you could argue that South Africa is not the absolute best. You're, you're maybe overpaying versus what you can get in other regions. But certainly the leadership roles, I think is a great one. It's quite interesting. So you started a content agency there and you've you've also started marketing pros who do essentially recruitment for offshore companies to hire local people in South Africa. What has that process kind of been like growing that recruitment agency there? And and can you maybe tell us a little bit like how it works? And I mean, most most agencies, they charge you like a big fee up front, but I know you've sort of developed a slightly different model. Yeah, so I mean, the origin of it was like, building the agency that was fine and there was just so much supply of good people we couldn't hire them all because a there were too many and b we don't hire most of the roles that these people do we're super specialist into kind of content and so that was a couple of years ago and then we did a few kind of side side of the desk hires for marketing process to see if it would work we placed some people in the uk yeah it went really well and then about a year ago we decided okay cool this is a legitimate business in its own right let's kind of actually market it and hire a team and, and kind of do those things in terms of and we've placed now somewhere north of like 20 people mainly in the uk but in the, in the us as well the way that it works is marketing pros has we have the legal a legal entity in south africa that hires the person which gives all of the benefits and takes away all of the risk for the kind of overseas company but the employee in South Africa gets all the benefits. So they get their payroll done, their taxes done, their legal protection. If they want to get a car loan, they can say that they're employed. So they get all of that. So that means you can hire the best people. Then we have got all of the, then we spend a lot of time dealing with the company and really understanding what they need and seeing if it is a good fit for the South African market. We look at their budget, we look at what they want to spend. We advise them on, on how much they should spend for that role. So we do a lot of work up front, specking it out. And then we do the marketing piece for them where we go and kind of find that person. And then the, the final part of it is like community. So one of the main problems about working remotely is that you're just you're just not working in Cape Town for some company in Switzerland or whatever. And it's like, okay, I feel a bit lonely. What we have, we have an office location in Cape Town where those people can come be together with other people that are working for other companies around the world and have that local community. We also have a Slack group. There's like social events, those kind of things. And that, you know, once you layer those things on, you've got community, you've got, you can be employed locally and you can get access to that international market. It works really well on the South African side. For the, the company in the UK or the US, they just pay one monthly fee, one month notice. It's just an SLA with Marketing Pros UK entity. And so it just takes away all of the complication, all of the risk. So they get all the good stuff of having an, uh, someone from South Africa, but they don't have any of the risk. Our legal infrastructure kind of takes care of that. And then it's like a, a one a fee. We charge just a monthly fee to put that person in the business. Um, and how, how much is that fee? Just, 
in the UK, it's like 350 a month. In the US, it's four to five dollars a month. And that's flat. Even if you've got a junior person or a senior person, we just do it flat, just so there's no weird incentive for us to like make them pay more or something like that. And then if we don't place someone, you don't pay a fee. So our, our incentive is to get you the right person that sticks in the job over the long term. And that compares, I think, pretty favorably to most traditional recruitment agencies, which charge, you know, a very large upfront fee when they they place a candidate. Do you, do you know what they normally charge roughly? Yeah, I mean, it's anywhere between sort of 10 and 30 percent, you know, the first year salary is a kind of traditional recruitment model. Uh, and the fees work favorably versus that. And it also works favorably even against like a deal that yeah. has the legal infrastructure yeah. part, but it doesn't have any of the the community or the sourcing or anything like that. Yeah, I, w- I will say as well, I mean, we've obviously been using marketing pros for I think nine months now, hired four going on five people. And uh, I was just amazed to see that without any encouragement from us, the staff based in Cape Town, they organized their own, all of the people there meet up in, in your, your office and they organize like a work day there on a sort of semi-regular basis now. And they're really sort of like developing that own company culture. And that's been entirely or organic and just not, not something I, I really expected when I went through this process. It's been, been really good to see. Yeah, it, what helps is just having a really nice kind of office space they can go to. And we, like I was down there about four or five weeks ago and kind of went for lunch with some of the kind of marketing pros people. And they're just, just like anyone anywhere. They just, their sense of community just makes their makes their life a little bit better. And from, I think what we hope over time is from a career perspective that it helps them as well to have those networks. And I can imagine them kind of find each other jobs and help each other out and that kind of thing in the future. So there we go. South Africa's really interesting kind of price quality ratio going on at the moment and definitely I think one of the better locations in the world really to to hire from. Do you see any, uh, last question, do you see any kind of risks or potential future challenges for the country? I know the exchange rate's been quite unstable recently, for example. Yeah, look, I mean, South Africa, the, I'm not an expert, but the economic and the political situation is light years different to Europe or, or to the US. So there's, a, you know, a degree of instability in that perspective which could you know lead to exchange rate fluctuations infrastructure risk like they have this thing called load shedding where the electricity has like this planned schedule where it kind of goes off for periods in the day people that live there are kind of used to it and they'll kind of work around it yeah people have ways around this kind of load shedding they have kind of batteries and usps and stuff to keep the power on um, but yeah like it's just it's just a kind of a different feel in that respect you know when you go there it just feel it you know that element of it you're like okay this does feel you know this does feel quite exotic compared to compared to europe looking at the horizon over kind of five or ten years i think there's going to be an element of stability about the country just simply because the ties to particularly the uk are so strong so there's like a very, very, a very switched on diaspora. There's a lot of kind of, a lot of capital inflows into the country. So, and there's a lot of really good infrastructure in terms of like housing and offices and those kind of things. So I don't envisage a scenario where anything goes drastically wrong with the country, but you know, you are taking on an element of risk for sure. Okay, so Doug, you've been a H Pro member for a number of years now. I know a, a number of people in the community have have used Marketing Pros to to hire people, and you know you're around there if anyone wants to to contact you. If anyone outside of H Pro, and why are you outside of H Pro is, is is probably a bigger question. But if anyone wants to get in touch with you, if they're interested in hiring in in South Africa. What's the Marketing Pros website? How do they get in touch with you, and and what are you sort of offering? Yeah, so it's marketingpros.co. Doug at marketingpros.co or Olivia at marketingpros.co. For anyone that gets, you can, on the website, there's like a link, you can book a, an appointment or email us and we'll, we'll book one for you. Anyone that reaches out to book an appointment with us, and that appointment is just to understand your requirements. It doesn't matter if you have a job that you're trying to hire for now, or you think you might have one in the next six or 12 months, that's fine. We just love to chat to you, understand a bit about your business, answer any questions you have about the process. If you use the code AHPOD and book a discovery call before the end of October, you get $100 off each month for the first three months for any hires that you make before the end of 2024. So if you book your discovery call by the end of October 23, any hires you make before the end of 2024, you get $100 off each of the first three months. So really nice saving uh, to book that call. If you don't need to hire right now, that's fine. 
we're more than happy to have a chat, understand where your business is at, get to know you, uh, help maybe advise on how hiring on South Africa can help you um, in your business moving forward and just answer any questions you have. So no pressure to hire anyone, but if you do hire after booking that call before the end of October, you get that really nice discount. I've often contacted marketing pros when I had this idea like, oh, maybe we could hire someone to do this. I wonder how easy would that be? How much would it cost? Just, just general questions that you might have before you actually go ahead and and, and make the decision to, to hire someone. And I've always find, found marketing pros be really good at and really helpful at kind of answering those those questions that people who maybe haven't done it before might have. So yeah, definitely uh, recommended. They're our absolute go-to place for for hiring people these days. So yeah, definitely check them out. Doug, thanks so much for uh, coming on the podcast. Good to have you here. And uh, yeah, thanks very much. Thanks, Mark. Great to chat. Some really interesting stuff to unpack here. Mainly, South Africa is a great place to hire from. Now, it's not the absolute cheapest in the world. I think certain places for certain roles in Eastern Europe will be a bit cheaper. And certainly in, in Asia, countries like the Philippines will be much cheaper. But I think what you're really getting is quality, which is on par, if not better in some cases, than you would expect to find in, in Europe or in North America. And you get all of that for a significantly cheaper price. So it's not for everybody, but really, do you want to be hiring the absolute cheapest people for your site? Probably not. I'd much rather hire the best people, and if I can get the best people at a fair and affordable price, then that's great. I think one of the biggest advantages to South Africa versus some of the other common hiring locations that authority site owners and people in the SEO space hire from is the English skills. You've got 5 million native English speakers and tens of millions more people who speak fluent English living in South Africa right now, which is a massive advantage when it comes to any kind of content role, both for writers editors and anyone on your, your kind of content team. And even for other roles, it just makes communicating with people online much easier, right? It can get a bit frustrating when you're dealing with your team through Slack or through Google Meet or Zoom and just trying to get your point across. If someone's a native English speaker, it's just easier. So you're removing a big barrier to communication there for, for anyone you may, may want to hire. Price is obviously a factor here. You know, Doug said that it's not uncommon to pay half of what you would pay in, in the UK. And I know the UK is about a third cheaper than the US even. So it's uh, some significant savings to be had there. But as I said, it's not just about the price. It's really about the talent, the, the A players that you can find here. And I think our video editor summed this up best. We were actually having a discussion about this just before we were filming everything. So he's based in South Africa. And he got hired many years ago by a paintball company. And again, I know we talk about paintball a lot in this podcast, but it's nothing to do with that. He got hired by a paintball company in the UK and they flew him over from South Africa to the UK, which it's not a, it's like a 12 hour flight or something. And then he worked there for a period of time selling like paintball games and things like that. And he was talking to the business owner there. He was like, why did you pay all this money to fly me over? There's loads of people here in in england that you can you can hire to do the same thing and that business owner was like yeah but they don't have the same work ethic now that's obviously not true for the entire country right but i think there there is a certain stereotype that south africans are very hard working and honestly in my experience it's true so you really are getting quite a lot for your money there in raw talent and skills but also just that work ethic as well which is is so important and Doug's agency, marketingpros.co, they help business owners, authority site owners, agency owners, people in the marketing, people in the SEO space to figure out the exact role that they need. And then they'll find top talent in South Africa and just give the best candidates for you to do the kind of final part of the interview. Now, now, how we typically do this or how this interfaces with our own recruitment process is marketing pros do all the initial candidate sourcing, the screening, the screening call, and they do a bit of a longer interview as, as well. When they give the sort of two to five great candidates to us, and honestly, all of the candidates we've received have been really good, not just the ones we hired. Then we take over and we will do our typical screening call, sometimes a second interview there if it's working with different people in the team. Then we'll go on and do a more detailed kind of assessment, especially for, for content type roles. 
and then we'll do the the final longer interview. We've got a few podcasts on our recruitment process, and we've talked a lot about our recruitment process before. And if you're an AH Pro member, there's actually a module inside AH Pro on building your content team, and this full process is laid out in extreme detail there. So when Doug approached me with his business and the the offering last year, I was a little bit skeptical at first, to be honest. Like I don't really know too much about South Africa, and why should I? higher there. I mean, we've been doing pretty well in, in other places. But I tried them out. And honestly, I've been absolutely blown away. Gail and I get pitched a lot of products, a lot of services from people that follow us, people that are part of our community, people that listen to this, this podcast. So honestly, every week people are showing us different businesses. And we get a big exposure to a lot of different products and services. And I can honestly say that this is one of the best products or services that I have seen in decades. And so much so that after hiring four people through Marketing Pros and just being so impressed, Gail and I actually decided to invest in Marketing Pro. So we're putting our names behind this. We are a minority shareholder, but we now own part of that company as well. So I wanted to bring this episode of the, the podcast to you to let you know that that's happening and also to let you know that this is a really good service. We're not just saying that to make money. We're saying that because we use it ourselves and we think it would benefit you guys as well. So if you're looking to hire anyone now or in the future, just give them a shout. They're really good at helping you to define and understand exactly what it is you need. They work almost exclusively in the marketing space. They know and understand all the different types of roles you'll need for your site, and they'll be able to help you to find the best people for them. Even if you just want to know, you know, how much is this going to cost me? And you're maybe thinking of hiring sometime next year, shoot them a message, let them know what your plans are, and they'll probably be able to give you some advice, even if you don't go ahead and use them. So that's all for the Authority Hacker podcast this week. We're going to be back in two weeks with an amazing episode. This is going to be a deep dive into digital PR. Mm -hmm.